This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. What is happening, guys? Welcome back to the MBSP, the most valuable sports podcast. I'm here with my co-host, the most average of Joes, Mr. Joe Nagy. How's it going? I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or an insult, Brandon, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt and take it as a compliment. But all right. I've been doing good. It's basically just been same old, same old in the summer, but I mean trying to keep busy uh just not a lot of stuff's opening up, and it's kind of boring around here, I guess. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I've kind of been venturing out, doing some doing some fishing, and kind of just kind of exploring around, I guess, with my runs and stuff. But really, it's been pretty pretty quiet around here. I mean, tractors are out and about, but really, that's a that's an everyday thing. So, I guess it's just kind of one of those where, or one of those, I guess, times of the year where you're just kind of trying to figure everything out during the summer and yeah. stuff, and especially with our situation here with COVID that it has definitely been changed. But Joe, as we get into the show here, we have a big event to go over. And I think this was an absolutely brilliant idea. If you guys missed it, there was a big time golf match taking place over this past weekend. It was called the match from Capital One was the sponsor. It was Tiger Woods and football legend Peyton Manning taking on Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, and boy, it was actually a really close match. Joe, Surprisingly, for, compared yeah. Compared to the start, compared to the start, and I was actually pretty. I was really looking forward to it. it as just kind of kind of be something to watch, and really happy with the way they did it. I mean, I wish there was a little bit more banter between the guys. I mean, they kind of there was times where they were kind of silent, but I mean, they were focusing on getting the win and stuff like that. But um, I do kind of like how there wasn't any fans or anything because I mean, it was kind of just kind of guys being out there on the course and stuff. Because I remember the last match uh, when it was just uh, Phil versus tiger, it, they had troubles with uh, kind of getting the authenticity of kind of like them talking back and forth because there's been a couple of rep- like, there's reports where like they'd be having some good conversation when there was commercial going. And then like the com- cameraman would say like, okay, say that again for the, ca- for the camera and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm just kind of glad that they're – I'm hoping that that wasn't the case where they were kind of switching around. But overall, I was pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I think this was an absolutely excellent idea. And in as they had this in Florida where a lot of the coronavirus um, gates have kind of been uplifted in that state. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that later in the show. But just the fact that you guys all had different carts. They all had their own space. They were nobody was really getting that close to each other, which they were taking the precautions and they're taking it nicely. And just the fact they were doing those measures is cool. But I I agree, Joe, the bannering was probably some of the best parts. I mean, Tom Brady going going after, uh, um, sorry, Peyton Manning's Tennessee mascot driver when he almost stepped on it. Tiger Woods talking to Tom Brady when he shanked his drive that had landed in the fairway, but on the another hole. Just that sort of stuff was really funny to watch. And I'm not going to lie, Joe, when I first started watching this match, I was not looking good for TB12 to start because, man, he had some pretty rough rough shots to start. 
But in the end, right when you're going back towards the end of the match, he really made up for it, including holding out, I believe it was, on 12, which was kind of a really cool moment, especially after he was getting harassed by Charles Barkley. And it was just, I, I enjoyed how these guys were really interactive with each other and just the fact that these guys were out there and give them some credit because watching on TV, and I know for a fact that it was probably 10 times worse in reality, but the rain they were going through literally was, it seemed like unplayable. I mean, it was downpouring. Oh, it was at that terrible. Point. Yeah, I remember watching, and there was a close-up on Phil and Tom kind of talking about the lie of a putt that Tom was going to make, or Tom was going to uh, attempt at, and literally, like, there was rain dripping off their nose, off the bill of their caps, their their uh, windbreakers were absolutely soaked, and I mean, I just know that playing in some sort of rain when you're playing in golf is just miserable, but I can't imagine playing in that, but I mean, there was, a, like you said, with Tom Brady holding out those holes, and he made a pretty huge putt i think it was like a 40 50 foot putt um yeah to, to get them within one hole and i mean it was a really fun thing to watch it was competitive i mean i was kind of surprised at how good peyton manning was at golf um For but sure. i mean other than that i mean there was i couldn't complain i thought it was a really fun thing to watch but you said uh earlier when they took their own carts can we talk about how cool they made made each person's cart look like oh absolutely that was that was actually my next point yeah it's just incredible the amount of work that was put in on those carts everybody pretty much got their own logo on the front customizable they even made like the the weather coverings over their golf bags to protect from the rain they had like custom vinyl paint jobs it seemed like or wrapping it or whatever it was that that, it was super cool and i wonder if they're actually going to auction those off later to even make more money for COVID-19 relief on top of the 20000 they just made on the match itself. Yeah, and I mean, as we talked about how it was a much-anticipated event, it peaked at around 6.3 million viewers, um, kind of in the middle at 6 o'clock, um, and then it kind of evened out at 5.8 million viewers. But I know that I watched the whole thing all the way through. It was pretty cool. It was a long, pretty long match, but it was actually really fun to kind of see how uh, they were kind of having banter, not only between themselves, but the commentators as well. I mean, you mentioned how Tom Brady was going back and forth with Charles Barkley. And, I mean, I was kind of worried because at the start, they kind of had some technical difficulties. I mean, they were trying to course, but then they wouldn't respond. I mean, they couldn't really hear that well. Um, But once they got it figured out, I feel like it kind of rounded out really well, and it was really fun to watch. Yeah, and shout out to all of the tech people that were there at the course making sure everything was okay because these these guys aren't even in the match themselves. They are pretty much doing their jobs filming and making sure mics are set up correctly and taking pictures and all that stuff in the downpour of rain. It's just that's a really cool experience that they actually kept going with the I was almost considering if they were going to shelter down during some of the parts of that because it was getting extremely rough especially even after the slight rain delay at the beginning but it's just it was just crazy to think that that stuff was happening but the one thing that came out of this and I am really excited about is Phil Mickelson coming out after that and he was talking with some of the people that put it on and he said, I would love to do something like that again and make 
even the matches they would call it an, an annual event and we heard room or we heard on social media that Steph Curry really enjoyed it and that he might want to be on there with a potential Michael Jordan and Steph Curry on the course for Ooh. a match part three, which you I think they might super cool. You think they might do with different sports, like stars from each sport? I don't know, but I'm all in favor of making the match an annual thing, and it's going for a great cause. I'm, I mean, absolutely for COVID-19 relief, that is unbelievable. And a lot of these pro sports are doing a great job of doing all these these virtual events where they're raising money. I mean, the NFL draft-a-thon with Rich Eisen and um, Deion Sanders, for example, was absolutely huge. They raised millions and millions of dollars just by simply getting some celebrities to start talking to them in normal conversation about football and not about football and just, like, getting guys there. Like Tom Brady, for example, was on that show. Kevin Hart was on the show. There was a lot of famous rappers and celebrities. Just, like, all these things especially even the match itself being like an actual live sports event that these things are doing extremely well to promote relief for COVID-19. And it's just great to see that people are helping out this cause. Yeah. And one of the last things that I thought was like really actually pretty cool. They kind of did something where uh, in the XFL where Pat Mack would kind of go on the field and interview the players and coaches like in game, Justin Thomas actually was one of their like on course reporters and he would go up to Phil when he was about to take a putt and he'd say, Phil, what's going through your mind? And Phil would give like a very, very in-depth analysis of what he was planning on doing and kind of how which way the grass was going to go and kind of which way it was leaning and if he would have to hit it hard or kind of soft or where he's going to aim because of the ridges and all that stuff. But I thought that was really cool to kind of have Justin Thomas on the course and talking to the guys because it kind of gave the viewer a different view on what goes all into these pro pro golfers and what they take into the shots and stuff like that. Because especially for me, when I go on the course, I just say, Oh man, it's going to tilt left. So I'm just going to aim that way. And I mean, to see what they kind of go through and what goes through their mind is really cool, especially with kind of how they got Justin Thomas to ask them and uh, kind of give us a new window into that. Absolutely. And any, any behind the scenes that we can get from these professional athletes is really phenomenal. I mean, just, talking about the last dance briefly that we got all that inside access to Michael's life and all the players' lives off, off the court that we didn't see very much during that time. Like just all the, all the access they are giving these guys is absolutely fantastic. And it's just really cool to see, especially during this time where we're lacking of live sports and we need some entertainment in our lives and they are giving it to us. But Joe, we are about to get into the coronavirus with sports, but I know you have a fact of the day that's going to quote unquote blow my socks off, which I think you meant knock my socks off, but I'm going to take it as it is. So <laughs> my socks are coming off, Joe. So you, it's got to be a good one. Okay, Brandon. I think you're going to, you may be overselling this a little bit. Now I'm kind of worried that it's not going to live up to the hype, but. Oh, you gotta be out of the out of the hundreds of cities that house pro sports leagues. Which city is the only city to house major sports teams that all the all teams have the same colors? Oh man, all the same colors. Well, we can already rule out our hometown, um, Detroit. So let me. Oh man, this is a tough one, man. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. It's. It's on the east side of the country. 
Okay, east side of the country. So it's a, it's a city that has the same colors for all sports. Is it one? Are they all share one color, or they have the exact color? They have the same colors for everything. For oh, for wow. Um, I'll give you. I'll, not... I'll give you another. I'll give you another hint. The, okay, this is the last one. This is the last one. It's a the city houses an MLB team, NHL team, and NFL team. Okay, so it's not it's not in New York. Just because, or well, it may be New York. No, it's definitely not Boston because the Celtics and Patriots do not share the same colors. Um. Oh man, I'm I have New York in my mind because of the Islanders and the Mets, but they also have the Giants and the Jets, so that would not apply. Atlanta does not because the Braves and Falcons have. A blue and black difference. I think I'm definitely missing a major city that's going through my mind. I oh, this is so tough, man. Um, oh, it's Pittsburgh, isn't it? It's Pittsburgh. Brandon, you finally got one. Yeah, you finally I got, got one, one Brandon. It's Pittsburgh. Oh, it's Pittsburgh. Man, that took me a minute. The Pirates, like, I'm missing the something. Steelers, and the Penguins all have black and gold as their colors. And right. I was about to give you another hint, Brandon. Or before you said that's the last one, I was gonna say it's part of a Wiz Khalifa song. Oh, I still with probably black, black and yellow. That, but honestly, I mean, but... good job, Brandon. You're, yeah, I think I you're what it. one for one for seventeen right now. Um. Well, you know, these things are pretty hard, Joe. You make some pretty cool facts today, and I, that did knock my socks off. So you can give yourself a nice pat on the back there, <laughs> but. As I would like to announce my my first win in the Joe's Fact of the Day category, I'd like to thank my parents, my family for keeping sports in my oh, life. Okay, Brandon, okay, Brandon, okay, Brandon, all right, okay, Brandon. All right, I'm, that's all right. No more personal glory. Let's move on now as we are in the COVID-19, you could say, time of this. I guess you could just call it the, the COVID-19 era. It's not really an era, but it's just this weird time where we have this in our lives and we're pretty much not going to be in a normal state of life for a bit but there is some hope joe as there are now two um there's now two states that are planning on reopening sports back to us as of right now there might be some that are on their way but according to some of these sources the governor of texas is now going to release the the release the limited um, closing of sports as well as amusement parks and some other educational and um, I guess you could say like fun organizations. Mainly the sports is what we are talking about as well as we previously talked about. Florida's governor has redeemed sports as an essential part of their economy but this is really exciting that texas is now taking a big step in i believe could be a good direction obviously we're not going to know until they're all back in texas doing all these sports so we can and then find out how the curve goes from there but this is exciting that the week might have some sports come back in the lone star state 
Yeah, I'm really excited. There's been a couple pictures I've seen kind of on Instagram and stuff like that of uh, people in travel ball and uh, travel softball. Uh, they're back in the game. They're back at it. They're usually only – well, not usually, always. They always post their pictures from, I mean, Texas tournaments, Florida tournaments, stuff like that, the spots where they can play. And I'm excited because this is kind of a – turning the corner into kind of getting into the spot where sports are going to come back. But I'm kind of wondering what you're going to do for full scale, because although Texas and Florida have deemed, uh, you know, sports can come back, uh, Florida's deemed sports essential, it's going to be tough for sports like, or for teams, you know, in Washington state, like Seattle, where Washington has a lot of coronavirus cases, if they're going to make it. So if, uh, excuse me, if they're only going to be playing in Texas or Florida, um, if the MLB, if the NBA or stuff like that decides to only play in those con- or only play in those states, will they kind of leave it up to the discretion of the teams to decide if they want to go down or will they kind of, I guess, bar teams from certain states from playing? Yeah, and it's a really it, – it's a sensitive subject because obviously not everybody's going to agree with the decision. There's always going to be people that say that we should have opened a month ago, and there's people that should say we should shut down for the year. That's just that's just why everybody has different thoughts. But this is, like, really interesting because they were talking about opening up their water parks in a proclamation made by Governor Abbott over um, yesterday, I believe, actually, that they are going to be opening all of these – um, amusement parks, including their water parks, and I believe even their shopping malls and stuff too. But they are going to be in social distance mode 100%. It sounds like the water parks are only going to be open at about 25% of their normal or occupancy, that there's going to be a lot of social distancing measures in the malls. There's going to be a boatload of hand sanitizer. I guarantee that there's going to be hand sanitizer stations galore. I'm really wondering, though, about the food courts that are in these malls because, obviously, they don't have as much room as they would like, and they're going to have to probably limit as all the people that are eating at one time because that is going to probably get into that, that six-feet rule. But, I mean, it's still, it's still great, though, that we have a little bit of hope. Not saying this is the right decision or the wrong decision, but it's nice that – there is hope that all, all of these big-time government officials are starting to look at the, at the reopening, which is giving us hope that we may be a lot closer to the end than we think. But we also got to remember that a second wave is possible, so we still need to do all the measures possible to make sure that everybody in America is safe. Yeah, most definitely. We've talked about it already. We want sports to be back, but... If we have to take the measures uh, or the precautions necessary, I mean, I want it to come fast. But like you said, the second wave, we don't want that to happen again, where as soon as the uh, gates are kind of lifted and the water is kind of flooding out, then it kind of turns into these people who might not know that they have coronavirus going out. And then, like you said, the second wave happens and everyone gets sick again and we're going to have to shut everything down again. And I mean – I'm just kind of wondering if they're going to, especially with sports, if they're going to take different precautions, like no fans in the stadium, or if they're going to have like a certain number of people in the dugouts or something like that, or if you're going to have to sit like five or six or five or six seats apart when you're sitting in the stadium, if they're going to do stuff like that, because I mean, there's a whole lot of different avenues that we could go down, but it's going to come down to which one's the best one for the situation we're in right now. And I mean, there's so many, but I just don't know what, uh, what they're kind of planning on doing to get sports back. Yeah. 
that that is a great point that we really haven't we've thought about sports coming back but really like the live audience the stadiums in these big venues whether it's sports or concerts or whatever it may be that they're going to have to take a lot of precautions and i think personally that going and playing without fans is pro- is going to probably be the, um, one of the more um viewed by these leagues just to make sure that safety is a key or at least making it so that it's going to be maybe a quarter capacity or something where they're not going to bring everybody back in to the stadium and pack up sold-out crowds just yet. I don't think that's probably the safest option right now. But the fact is, if they can get some fans in the stands, that'll be cool. But a lot of um, attention has been made about how these sports are going to return. And Joe, I know you are a big fan of hockey, and I'm Really interested to hear about your opinion on their their new 2014 playoff format that if the NHL does return in the end of this season, it's basically going to be a 2014 conference-based playoff format as pretty much kind of a restart to the – they're calling it a restart to the season, but really I don't know if that's going to be the appropriate wording that they're meaning. But basically it really sounds like they're going to have the top four – um, Eastern Conference teams, they're going to have the top four of each conference that are going to be represented, and they're going to have um, another – or let's – if they're going to do 24 teams total, so they'll have the top of each um, division, and then the six or 16 playoff teams will be have a five-game series in the first round, and then all the rest of them will be best of seven, so kind of basically like the NBA format. But they're going to use hub cities rather than team home sites. They're going to be pretty much played with no fans in attendance. And I think it's going to be very – if any sports return, it's going to be strange because there's not going to be packed houses. It's not going to be the same as a normal season. But, I mean, they're, the fact that they are doing whatever they can to try to help all the safety of the players but still give us back the sports that we've missed is a really great thing to know. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, I'm I'm looking as you were talking, I was kind of looking through the notes about this kind of playoff thing. And I'm actually pretty excited if this goes down, because this is kind of going to be a fresh start for all these teams that, you know, maybe didn't have were on the fence about not making the playoffs. I mean, these guys are going to get the second chance and hopefully they kind of kick it into gear and we'll probably be able to see a lot more underdog uh, candidates and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, my other favorite team, Brandon, is the New York Islanders, and they're looking pretty good. I mean, if this thing goes down, and I'm kind of really excited because, I mean, although we've kind of talked about how there's going to be a lot of work to put into sports to come back already, the things that we've seen, I mean, with this 2014 playoff and different talks, I'm pretty excited because it seems like sports are pretty dang close. Yeah, and there's a just a lot of different things going around with this playoff format. There's a lot of people that say that it's an absolutely brilliant idea. And there's some people that are saying it's a terrible idea and that nobody's going to want to come back and play for. But I think that athletes are really trying to get back as much as they can, even with safety being a concern, obviously priority number one. But I think there's a lot of athletes out there that are really feeling the, the just kind of the loneliness of not having their sport right now. Obviously, we heard about um, Chris Paul, who who he had came out in a statement and said that as a part of the NBA uh, Players Association, that they feel they want to get back as soon as possible and take whatever um, means necessary to do it safely. 
But, I mean, this format is actually a really interesting. We've never really seen anything like it. So it's pretty much going to be kind of like a classic tournament where you're kind of just going to have, you're going to have play-in games, you're going to have wild card games, you're going to have a really kind of just this big tournament where a lot of teams, just like you dogs, have a legit shot. Like, there's going to be teams that you don't normally see in the playoffs that are going to be playing that first night, and it's going to be pretty crazy to see. But the one thing that will be probably a negative coming in to these live sports is obviously a lot of these guys aren't going to be playing their best hockey or soccer or football or basketball whenever they come back because they've been out for this long. It's not going to be the the time where they're going to be playing their best at that time just due to the time off. But if it's going to be back, I I really think it's still going to be an even or It's going to be an even playing field because everybody's been off at the same time. So when everyone comes back, it's still going to be a pretty even matchup. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, there's not going to be any fans in attendance too because, I mean, there's times where I mean, I went to a Red Wings versus uh, – St. Louis Blues game, and we were down 4-0, but then with the with the fans, I mean, it got loud. You can tell that kind of turned the tide for the Wings, and I mean, they came back and tied it up to go into overtime and ended up losing the game, but I mean, fans play a big part in both sides if it's not if it's a, a underdog team or if it's a overdog team, you know what I mean? But I mean, looking at the notes, I'm pretty excited to see with this draft lottery what they're doing. The seven teams that didn't make this 2014 playoff are going to go into the draft lottery. And then the first round elimination teams from this playoff are going to go into the draft lottery as well. So like it says on the website, it's very possible for, you know, like the penguins to get a number one pick or the Oilers or the Canucks to teams that have been doing very good this year to maybe get a, another boost into next year for the, or for their, for their play. And I'm pretty excited to see that, but I mean, I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, this is a really exciting time to get everything back to kind of the way we left off. But there is some sports that have been going on, Joe. And I know you have been watching, like I have, a little bit of the Korea baseball organization. The KBO has been going on the last couple of weeks. They started their season at the beginning of May with coronavirus Um, measures taken in place there are no fans they're actually using cardboard cutout fans in some of the stadiums which I think is pretty pretty interesting but Joe this Korean baseball it's not it's not the same as American baseball it's a lot more of a different kind of game it's it almost reminds me a little bit more of small ball you're not seeing as many big time home run 500 foot shots or electric pitching that's going 100 plus but it's still baseball, and it's really it's really nice that we still have something we can watch if we are that bored. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's more it's way more strategic. Uh, that's what kind of I've realized. I mean, I've only watched a couple of games, I think two or three, and it's like you said with the cardboard cuts. It's pretty funny because right behind home plate, they have the whole camera screen where I can see it's filled with uh, fans, but once you get to the outfield, there's all all just the stands, and I mean, it's pretty funny to see that. But, I mean, nothing can really replace MLB baseball, in my opinion, because there's so many different talents. And, I mean, there's a reason that they're in the highest stage for baseball in the world. I mean, they're the best players in the world. But, Brandon, we've kind of talked about a little bit. Who's your favorite KBO team? Oh, man. I mm, 
You know, I really I thought about this when we were going to bring this up on the show, and I'm honestly kind of torn a little bit. And I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to say the NC Dinos because they're the best team. I do like their, I actually kind of like their, their mascot. I don't know why I've seen a lot of videos of them dancing. They have a lot of fan interaction, which I think is cool, but they have been the best team so far in the KBO. They have a six or a 16 and three record. And I believe they're three games up on the next closest, which is the, the LG twins. But, the the Deuce and Bears are also a pretty interesting team when I was starting to research a little bit about the Deuce and Bears and just like some they're just kind of one of those teams where you kind of have the the originality of the history behind some of these teams, kind of like the older Yankees or even the Chicago Cubs with their their old historic kind of background with their stadium and their uniforms not having really changed, but like the Bears were one of the first established teams as well as they were the very first champion of this KBO league when it was created. Um, they got a really good pitcher in Lee Young-Ha, who is a really rising star that is looking for possibly jumping to the major leagues. But they they have been a powerhouse as of late. Um, they're not currently the leaders in the standings as they are, I believe, third um, one game behind the LG Twins at 12-7. and seven. But I did watch a game where I believe both of these two teams played, and it was a really, really good game. And I believe it ended up coming to a ninth-inning kind of crazy walk. or um, I wouldn't call it a walk-off, but it, it certainly ended in a not-so-close fashion as it was when it was going into the ninth. But both of these teams really have had history of winning. I would say that those two would probably be my favorite, but really it's not like I don't really – I'm going to root for them after this is over, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. My favorite team, I think – well, my favorite teams are probably the Lotte Giants or the Samsung Lions. And okay. the reason being for the Lions is because when you look at their logo, they have the exact same colors as the Detroit Lions. All right. I mean, that's basically one of the main reasons. But the Lotte Giants, I kind of did some research a little bit on them because I saw them and I was just really bored. And when, like, you look at them in the regular – like, when there's, like, regular uh, regular seasons, I guess you could say, where there's actual fans, they're, it says that their uh, stadium is, like, electric. They have one of the b- best fan bases in the whole league. I mean, they have a cheer – they literally have a guy whose job – he's hired by the Lotte Giants, and he's a cheerleader. He stands, really? on, he stands on top of the dugout with a megaphone and a microphone, and he just leads chants. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's like a celebrity. That's I think it's really cool. And, I mean, I really like – I kind of like the way they look. I mean, it's kind of weird, though, because on the webs or on the kind of Google, their regular logo is like blue and uh, red. But on their jerseys, it looks orange and black, kind of like the San Francisco Giants a little bit. But, I mean, that's pretty cool because – I mean, right now it kind of it's just kind of a cool thing to see with this Korean baseball organization to kind of see the different ways that baseball is played and these guys who are trying to make a name for themselves so that they might be able to get seen by the MLB. But I mean, right like you said, Brian, I think after I'm not gonna care too much about the KBO, but right now it's just kind of a good good getaway from all this coronavirus stuff to kind of watch baseball again. Yeah, and I absolutely agree that we probably won't be paying too much attention to the Korean baseball organization after this coronavirus is over. 
But I mean, it's still it's still cool that we have baseball, and there's a lot of times where they're playing a lot of classic games on TV, what whatever sport it may be, and they're playing all of these cool classic games so often that it kind of feels like you're we're getting really repetitive to the point where it's kind of like, okay, can we watch something that's actually happening live? I mean, obviously we we've been watching a baseball organization that I really didn't true I knew it existed, but I had never watched before until this um, coronavirus um, pandemic, but it's really interesting. And I think it's a great, or it's a, it's a great thing for these teams to be playing while we're still on uh, hold here in the United States as we've had the pandemic uh, hit us harder than a lot of the other countries, but it's still great that we have baseball regardless of where it's coming from. And it's still pretty cool, but Joe, there is a thing that I forgot to talk about that is actually happened in college basketball recently. And I don't know if you heard this, but we have probably all heard the name Mac McClung before. I saw this, Brandon. I I saw this. To close out the show, there is a, a, an official statement that Texas tech has been decided as Mac McClung's transfer destination from Georgetown. He was originally from Date City, California. I believe it was California. But he was a big-time social media internet sensation, doing all of his crazy dunks and just amazing highlight reels. But Mac McClung is now a Red Raider. And mm. I don't know about you, Joe, but that is not the team I was expecting him to go to. I wasn't expecting either, but Brandon Gate City is actually in Virginia, um, his oh, hometown. But bad. anyways, it's my all good, bad. Brandon. We all make mistakes, but that's kind of true. I was not really expecting him to go to to be a Red Raider, especially. I mean, we saw his high school tapes, kind of on Max Preps and uh, Ball is Life and stuff. If you watched those videos, like. He was electric. Like, he has a lot of hops. He's a guy who comes in clutch a lot. And we've seen with Georgetown, he came off the bench um, his freshman year, or as a freshman, was hitting NBA range threes and was kind of bringing to life the Hoyas bench and stuff like that. But I was kind of expecting him to look more for a, a bigger team. I'm not really sure what, I, like, if he would be going for someone else. But, I mean, Texas Tech, I mean, they did have a little bit of success. They went to the Final Four last year. But... I mean, I was not expecting him to be a Red Raider. Yeah, and and I actually read something that I thought was pretty kind of crazy to think about. But back when McClung was in high school, he had actually committed to going to Rutgers. Yes, <laughs> Rutgers. And that before he opted out to eventually join Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. Um, well, Patrick Ewing's um, alma mater, I should say. But... It is very interesting that he ended up choosing Texas Tech, looking at some of the other um, schools he was looking at, BYU, USC being one of them, Auburn. And there was a really interesting um, idea that he was actually going to go to Wake Forest due to his relationship with their now coach, Steve Forbes, who McClung actually got his first scholarship offer from in high school when Forbes was actually the head coach at East Tennessee State. But it is going to be really interesting that he ends up going to Texas Tech. And Texas Tech has had success a lot in the past. We saw their final four run, and they ended up knocking our Michigan Wolverines out of the tournament recently with their stout defense. And they just had an, they had an amazing player now in the NBA, Jarrett Culver. 
and their team was top um top 25 this season and i think that mcclung could end up really being one of those forces that can really lift them from a great team to an amazing team yeah i mean he's got unlimited range basically on his three pointers he has a very good driving ability we've seen him he has he's able to get to the hoop he has finesse he he doesn't always uh slam dunk all the time he has those moments where he can really just get around a defender and get an easy layup when you really don't think it's going to be able to go in. But I mean, he's a multi-talented, multi-level at or multi-level athlete. He has a lot of assets that he uses to his uh, uh, uses positively, and I mean, he's just a guy who I'm really excited to watch play for Texas Tech because um, you, I mean, Georgetown they were kind of on the fence of making. I don't know. Were they in the tournament or were they not going to be in the tournament um, this year? I believe they were on the bubble, but I think they ended up kind of falling off towards the end of the season. But, I mean, they had the Big East to deal with, who had a lot of good teams like Marquette at the time. So, But Georgetown is definitely not where they, where they want to be right now compared to years past where they're always a powerhouse. But, I mean, Mac McClung is an amazing player, and he averaged just under 16 points as a Hoya in, I believe he was in 21 games during his, his last sophomore season. But, I mean, he really has kind of the, the comparison to me, kind of almost as Russell Westbrook-esque with his athleticism. But I believe he is a much better shooter than Russ is from behind the arc. I mean, he has that three-point range that we saw in high school for sure. But the one thing that it seems like McClung has a little bit of a problem with is he can sometimes be a little bit streaky. So sometimes he'd be on a really hot streak that would end up kind of pushing him towards more minutes. And then he would have a couple bad games where he just doesn't hit his shots and doesn't get in the game involved as much to where he starts to get less minutes at Georgetown. But in the end, though, he's also at Georgetown where they have a lot of loaded talent that they could go to, which just gives you an idea that how great this Big East is at basketball. That's a division that's often overlooked, too. Yeah, I think and I think he's going to be able to bring Texas Tech back to the tournament because I don't think they were going to be able to make the tournament this year either. I think they kind of had one of those uh, gap years after having a lot of success last year. And I think he's going to be able to bring him back. And I mean, I'm excited to see what he's going to be doing doing next year i'm obviously going to try to keep my eye on him and watch that a little bit but i mean getting out of the big east i feel like it's probably going to be a good good situation kind of be able to spread his wings and get into new competition try to widen his repertoire so that way when he does declare for the draft and get ready to go pro he'll be able to face a lot of different competition i mean the tough big the tough big east and i mean now going into the red raiders and going into their opponents he's going to have uh, a lot of different teams he's going to be playing against and a lot of different uh, opponents that he's been able to play. And I think it's just going to be really great for him. Yeah, and one thing that is really big is that Texas Tech backcourt is missing pieces from their title run with David Moretti, actually, who decided, I believe it was last weekend, that he was going to pursue a career overseas in Europe. So I really think that might have gave um, – uh, McClung a little bit more of a green light that he could come in as well as as or hoping that his request for an immediate transfer waiver from the NCAA does pass 
he could be in the Texas Tech backcourt next year and not having to wait out a year, which could be could be pretty huge for him, especially with his draft stock rising now that he might have more of a chance to be on the floor, and especially against some of that Big Twelve, um, the Big Twelve competition. Yeah, most definitely. I'm really excited to see him play. Yeah, but as that is going to be it on this episode of the MVSB, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate your support throughout this crazy time as we have been making our content as much as we can, despite some of our our, our little bit of bumps in the road without some of our equipment and our um, normal programming. But thank you guys so much, Joe. I I deeply appreciate the fans probably as much as you do. And what would you like to say to end the show? Catch us Thursday with mics and takes. Uh, we're going to be doing, I believe episode seven and eight of the last dance. We're going to be reviewing that one more time, but yeah. catch us then seven o'clock and we're really excited. Yeah, definitely tune in. Um, we will have that on our, the link of our Twitch for the live show for 7 PM here on Thursday which would actually be today, tonight, when this is posted. But it'll be pretty sweet if you could check that out. We'll put the link in our Twitter that you should definitely follow so you can get all the notifications for the podcast. But thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you at our live show. But in, and if also, right before, I just was about to say, see you later. But if you did miss our live shows and you do want to hear them, Check out the MBSP podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have the audio file for you in case you missed it and you didn't get to see our faces on live TV. Well, I say it in air quotes, but Twitch, Twitch, yeah, I guess our you live, say. Our live show on Twitch. If you missed it, we do have the audio on of a podcast format if you want to listen to them with our buddies Barrett and Travis from Mics and Takes. But thank you guys for being a great support for us as we continue to do this and we will see you next time yeah check y'all later